Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest preview edition of the Providence Journal's College Basketball Podcast. This is Bill Koch, sports writer for the Journal, from my Warwick home on a lovely Wednesday morning. Uh, sky's threatening a little bit, but uh, hopefully the rain will stay away for us here. Leaves are on the ground. Most of the Halloween candy is gone. You know what that means. It is time for college basketball season to get ready. I have my usual co-conspirator here with me the sports director from ABC6, the weekend co-host of Cordishian Coit on WEI Providence. Nick Coit, ladies and gentlemen. Coity, how are we living? Back to part two here. Let's go. College hoops. We're getting ready. First part, we, we laid down a little bit of a baseline for the men's teams. And, and now here in part two, we will delve into the women's college basketball scene here in Rhode Island. Um, lots of reason to be excited here, Coit. Um, you know, yeah. and, and and for different, you know, sort of in different areas of emphasis, um, you know, we have a couple teams who look like, you know, look like they could do some things here. And then obviously a couple new coaches who, who we need to get into, um, you know, fresh starts for their respective programs. Um, I certainly think that that we would start with the URI women, um, you know, because they are uh, the most successful team currently, uh, you know, the team that is most likely to reach postseason out of the four. Um, Tammy Reese coming off a second straight WNIT bid. Uh, they are the favorites in the Atlantic 10. They were the co-champions last year with UMass. Um, you know, and for this team, I, I think it's just mission march here. Um, you know, the, the last thing that they really have to do under Tammy is end this NCAA tournament drought that stretches back to 1995-96. That's their only appearance in, in program history. Uh, it certainly looks like they have the roster to do it, um, you know, both in returning players and in transfers they've brought in. Uh, Coit, I, I just, I look at the URI women and what's happened in Kingston, and I still, you know, year over year, I, I, I still just find myself reflecting on the fact that we're even having these conversations best on, based on what the URI women were when I was hired by the journal and when you came into the market from Maine, just how much it's changed in Kingston. But that's what you can do when you hire the right coach who establishes a program. Um, and Tammy is, you know, all, all the words you can think of, electric, she's, you know, energetic, she is exciting. She is all those things. And so I'm just I'm not I'm not surprised that somebody like this who has an infectious sort of personality would be able to recruit great players, would be able to sell her vision for a program and be able to establish a program like this. Um, you know, you saw it, you know, early on when already started to win games, pick up some momentum, and you're like, you looked at this coach and you're like, man, oh man, she's got a lot of energy and passion and all that. And so I'm, I'm not totally surprised. And, you know, I think they've, they've got a special season incoming with all the talent that they return with all the talent they've brought in with the talent they continue to recruit, um, you know, and now with, you know, I think UMass had its time, um, you know, even though it was, you know, not UMass that, that represented the A-10 um, in the NCAA tournament, which, you know, we'll get into in a second here. Uh, in terms of, you know, what could what could hinder URI, you know, this season, um, what could stand in the way, um, you know, but I think, you know, now their their players have graduated, um, coaches have moved on, um, you know, really this I think I think this is Rhodey's time 
in this conference to establish themselves as the alpha um, and the you know team to beat when it comes to the top of the A10. Yeah, 48 and 14 the last two years. And, and that's with two very different groups. You know, so this wasn't just one flash or, you know, one recruiting class that came through and dominated for two years and, and then left. Um, this was two very different teams. Um, yep. You know, if you look at the, the first one was largely transfers that, that Tammy brought in when she was hired. Last year was a little bit more player development in, in my mind. It, it was players who they targeted. It was players who... You know, they brought in and and who learned, you know, on the bench under that strong group that made that first NIT. Um, you know, and the fact that they were able to do it again suggests that it's cultural now. Yep. It's not just team-based now. It's program-based now. Um, you know, and you you look at the players who they have coming back, and, you know, they're all over the all-conference team preseason. Uh, you know, URI had 12 first-place votes, 12 out of the 15. Uh, they are the clear favorite in the league. Um, you know, there is a gap between them and St. Joe's, who was picked second. St. Louis, the defending conference tournament champions, picked third. They beat URI in the semifinals last year in Delaware. Uh, Richmond, fourth. And then Duquesne got the last first place vote, picked fifth. Um, but you look at URI and you look at the talent on hand for Tammy Reese. Maya Torre is a preseason first team player. She was the most improved player in the league last year. Tisha Hyman comes in from Syracuse as a graduate transfer, someone who Tammy helped recruit while she was on staff with the Orange. Uh, she's a second-team player preseason. Tenen Magasa, who's a transfer from Dayton last year, uh, battled shoulder and, and Achilles injuries. We didn't necessarily get to see the best of her until the end of the season. She's on the third team. And then Anel Dutat is an all-defensive team player as a sophomore um, you know, it could be the best defensive player in the league when it's all said and done at the end of 23-24. And, you know, I think back to the last time, uh, you know, when the URI men won the Atlantic 10 tournament, uh, you know, won the Atlantic 10 regular season for the first time. You could have argued for up to six players on that team to receive postseason all-conference. Uh -huh. yep. And you look at this URI women's team and you think, all right, there's four in the preseason. Where, where's Didi? Where's Dee Dee Davis? What? Where's, where's Sophie Phillips? Yeah, right. Right? <laughs> so the fact that you are thinking that they have more than three or four potential top 15, top 20 players, yeah. gives you an idea of the depth of talent that you need to contend for a regular season title, and it gives you an idea of what Tammy and her staff have built here. Yeah, it, it really does. That's a great point, uh, the fact that you could you could make those cases, because that, that's the first thing that came to mind. Um you know, was I'm looking at these all-conference preseason teams, and I'm like, didn't they bring in a, a four-year scorer from Manhattan who, it, who it, it, first time we talked to her, what, about a month ago, Bill and I looked at each other like, wow, Dee Dee Davis, she's a really impressive young woman. Just just the way that she handles herself, her demeanor, like, so, like you bring somebody like that into your program, and you're like, wow, they're going to make an impact Yes, sure, on the floor, but like off the floor, this is somebody that is just a steady presence. Um, not to I, mention I thought, the talent. I thought, is she going to coach the team too? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Like, you know, and and if not now, it's it's going to be like ten years from now where uh, we're going to have our introductory press conference here. And I mean, they got a commitment from her. It was a, a day or two after Rhodey got knocked out of the WNIT at Harvard. Yeah. Like it was very quickly. Yeah. So that to me tells tells me that 
Tammy and, and the staff were like, oh, we're, we're no, we're bringing her in now. Yeah, that's happening. We have a chance to get Dee Dee. We're, we're bringing her in now. Um, you know, and then as you mentioned, you know, Tisha will come in here and, you know, pre preseason second team, obviously, you know, a lot of talent there too. Um, and not to mention, I mean, just the, you know, the young players, Sophie, you mentioned, you know, Ines Debra is, is a, you know, that, that she had, you know, some significant time on the floor last year. Um, you know, and then they, they bring in Ava, who was a, a, a freshman who was a 2200 point scorer in high school. Yeah. In New York, like that, that's somebody that it for the future, you're looking at it and saying like, okay, there's going to be a lot of talent that continues to roll through here. But, you know, focusing on this season, what they have put together for a team, it's clear why they're the favorites. Um, this is just one of those teams where, you know, what stands in their way? Um, that's, that's my question. And to me, it's, you know, obviously you have to, you know, come together as a team, establish chemistry, establish yourselves as a group, all of that. So it's very similar to the way I think about, you know, the Boston Celtics right now. Mm. You know, I think it's you have to fight, you know, your own selves in terms of, you know, you, you control what your ceiling is because you're that talented. And I see this URI women's team the same way. Um you know, I think St. Louis and St. Joseph's could be a threat, particularly St. Louis. You know, when you are a team that won the A-10 tournament last year, that you beat this URI team with very similar faces, that's that's tough to do. And you bring back a, a player like Martinez, who was very, very good in that semifinal game um, and was very good for St. Louis all year. Um, you know, that that's, that's what I feel like could stand in the way, but I could be nitpicking here because – I, you know, I think there's a special season incoming in Kingston for this URI team. Well, that's, that's what we're here to do is to nitpick yep. a little bit. Um, you know, and I, I think you look at this team and you want to find a, a weakness. Yeah. And, and I mean, like you said, we're, we're nitpicking here. Um, you know, but I, I think perimeter shooting is somewhere that they're not necessarily as deep as they were last year. Um you look at what they lost off last year's team. Dolly Karens goes in the transfer portal and, and goes to Florida Gulf Coast. They they were looking to get something different at the shooting guard position. Emmy Renat ends up at Toledo. Um, Madison Haddix Covington exhausted her eligibility. You know, those are three players who shot 33.5% or better from three. You know, Sophie Phillips is is 40 plus, but there's a bit of a gap between Sophie and, and the rest of the roster. Sure. Um, you know, so they're just going to play Sophie from three. You know, opposing defense is just going to get out on her and then sag off everybody else and say, go ahead and shoot it. You know, I, I think that's the one area that they're going to be focused on is is perimeter offense and, and floor spacing in that way. Um, you know, because otherwise you've got size, you've got athleticism. Uh, you know, Tammy said multiple times this team can play at a pace that I want, which is going to be quick. Um, you know, we're going to press more defensively. We're going to be more aggressive defensively. We're going to try to turn you over more. And if that's the case and you have transition offense and easy baskets, okay, fine. But as you know, you get into these games later in the year and teams take better care of the ball and they don't let you run. And they slow, they slow it down, right? Slow it down. And, and eventually you need to execute at some point in the half court. You've got your bigs for that. You've got Torre and, and Magasa for that. You know, they're going to be able to score inside. Um, and in a half court game, but, you know, I think if, if you ask them, the one concern that they would have would be, you know, who else is going to make some shots and, and create some space on the floor. And I, 
you know, maybe they have those solutions internally. Um, you know, maybe they've got a player or two who's going to get better. I mean, you look at Sophie Phillips and, and what she did last year, you know, she'd barely seen the floor, um, you know, previously at URI. And, you know, last season she's into the starting lineup at a couple points, uh, really shot the ball well um, at times. And, you know, is someone who can be a weapon, uh, you know, especially if if you've got players like Davis and, and Hyman who are going to drive and kick, you know, and you can get Phillips open for a couple shots, her defenders leave, you're going to be in really good shape with, with her shooting open threes. Uh, you know, so realistically, they're sort of nipping and tucking here if you're the URI women. They don't have big problems to solve. They've got little tweaks to make to win the most important games at the end of the year. Yeah, amen. Uh, there's just there's a lot of boxes that they check in terms of their talent and what they can do. So you're right. It'll be about the the fringe things, you know, and and that's that's all you can sort of find. That's why we you know we feel the way we feel about this team. I think they're gonna have a great year. Yeah, and they've uh, you know they've got a pretty challenging schedule here. Uh, they open up Tuesday night with Sacred Heart, then UMass Lowell at home, then they're at Maine, who, who's always a good test. Yep. At Brown, which you know will be a more difficult game than it has been the last couple of years. Then they're at NC State, which is a, a real up game for them. They've got Princeton at home. They're at Providence. They're at St. John's, who was in the NCAA tournament last year. Um, so you got some real stiff tests there before you get to the A10. Can you build a resume, maybe, if if you win enough of those games where you know you could fade a couple losses in the A10? We'll find out. Depends on whether or not you beat enough of the right teams. But you know, just looking at URI and and looking at their ceiling and what they've built already, um, you know, there is good reason to get out to the Ryan Center and and watch these ladies play. Um, you know, because they are. When it's all said and done, they could end up out of the eight teams, men and women. They should end up with the best record in Rhode Island. Hey, how about the the first A10 game, December thirtieth, Saturday night at St. Louis? That's how you mm. start A10 play. Mm. That could be fun. That's gonna be fun. Bernadette McGlade, Drew Dickerson, round of applause for you folks <laughs> yeah. in the A10 office, coming right out of the blocks with a uh, you know with a with a spectacular there. Just how Drew drew it up, baby. Uh, uh, you know, and and you or I actually won a very tight game at St. Louis last year. I think Emmy Renat was a star in that game. Yep. Um, you know, and certainly that will have great stakes this time. Uh, quite, we'll go to Brown next uh, because Brown has our other returning coach in, in Monique LeBlanc. And, and Brown predicted to improve here in the Ivy League. Uh, you know, they were picked sixth. Princeton, the unanimous favorite. Uh, Princeton doesn't do a lot of losing for for anyone who doesn't follow the Ivy League. Uh, Princeton, Columbia, Harvard, Penn, Yale picked ahead of Brown. Tough teams to displace. The Ivy League is is a type of mid major league at this point. Um, you know, they could have two, maybe three bids in the NCAA tournament. Uh, they played very well in in recent seasons. Um, but Brown, you could see it last year. They're getting better. They have a good young talent base here. Um, Monique is, is building something here that I think is probably a year away from being a team that could threaten into the top four. Um, but when you consider how much better they got from 21-22 to 22-23, they're certainly on the right trajectory here. I think so, too. Um, and, and I think this season you just want to continue to see the progress. You know, for me, I think that the Brown women's team, yes, they bring back you know, good upperclassmen players and Kyla Jones and Bella Mauricio, you know, two players that will help you this season. 
They'll score. They will lead your team. But to me, that sophomore class, you know, making more progress, taking another leap, I think is key to where Monique wants this program to go. Because I think last year you saw a lot of those sophomores, then freshmen, um, making a lot of contributions, um, you know, getting their feet wet when it came to Ivy League play and playing those tough teams, um, you know, but you just want to continue to see the growth there. Um, you know, with some of the players, I, I Grace Arnold to me is is a spark plug. She's one of my favorite women's basketball players in the state. I just think she brings an element of energy, of toughness, of spark. Um, I just I like the way she plays. Um, and so I, I think, you know, seeing her make progress, you know, as part of that sophomore class, I think is is key. But I, I think there's a lot of uh, good talent that you know, Monique and her staff have, have recruited into this program. And so you just want to continue to build off that this season. In terms of the scoring that you have back, I mean, you just look at the top of the roster, Kyla Jones, Grace Arnold, Bella Mauricio, um, you know, all back this year and, and all standard reason should be better. Kyla Jones is a, is a dynamic player. Someone who can get to the rim. Grace Arnold is a, a really good all around player, all around scorer. All around. Yep. You know, can shoot the three. She can play in the mid range. She can get to the basket. Um, you know, someone who can open up the floor for for everybody else. And you know, you saw last year. You know, her get better over the course of time. And you know, in their brown light scrimmage the other day, she was open. It was going in. Um, you know, she she is much improved in terms of her shot. It, it looked like to me. Um, you know, they've got some other kids who, who might be able to contribute here. Alyssa Moreland, Gianna Aiello, can they take steps forward? Um, you know, Maddie Calhoun, who was a star at Barrington, uh, the athletic director's daughter, Grace Calhoun, she was someone who was making shots in the brown-white game. Could she get a chance here to maybe contribute a little more in the rotation after playing in eight games last year? I think what we're getting at here is Monique has a lot more talent on this roster. There, there are a lot more options here. She can decide whether or not she wants certain players to play together. She doesn't have to ride the same five or, or six throughout the season. Um, you know, and that has value in, in the Ivy League, like like we were talking about on the men's preview pod. You know, the Ivy League is much more traditional college basketball. There's not as many transfers. It's not NIL-based. It's recruiting and developing players at a certain level. And yep. you know, I think you, you just want to see that progress this year. And I, I think we saw it last year, going from six wins to 11, you jump another five wins. I know it's not, you know, it's easier said than done, obviously, but you get to be about a 16 and 11, 16 and 12 team. That's a good year. You oh, know, yeah. Brown last year, you know, winning the amount of conference games that they did, you look at it and you say, well, it's kind of modest. You know, they were four and 10. It's not really, you know, that much to write home about. But look, look at their recent seasons. You know, they haven't won four conference games even that often going back to the middle 2010s um you know so the path to respectability to 500 to potentially contending for the top four they're on it right now and it's really not that far away no and if you can get a few more wins in the ivy it puts you right in the mix in that four or five spot you know you look at the standings from last year and you know they finished sixth with four wins if they can get to 500 in the league or flirt with 500 in the league, then all of a sudden, yes, you are competing to try to get to Ivy Madness. And, you know, with this team, can they pick off one of those top Ivy League programs 
you know, at home in the middle of February, something like that. Like, can they do that? Can they catch Princeton on an off night? Can they, you know, establish themselves, have a great night against the Columbia? Like, I, I think, you know, you look for that this year. Um, so we'll, we'll see, but yeah, I think just build off of the progress you've already made. You can see it. You can see the arrow pointing up, um, you know, and you're right. Like once these players that were freshmen get, you know, opportunities and get to experience the league for one year, then you continue to try to build off of that. And there's plenty of examples that you, you just named. So exciting, exciting when you see progress in, in a program being built. Yeah, because the league is hard. You know, like Real, I said, it's hard. It's really hard. The league is hard. Like Princeton is really good. Unbelievable. So is Columbia. Yeah, like Columbia they, is always. really good. Always. Like you you put Princeton, you, you you put Princeton in the middle of the A10. You put Columbia in the middle of the A10. They're right up there with Rhode Island. Yeah. I mean, Harvard beat Harvard beat Rhodey in the WNIT last year. Beat them twice. Beat them yeah. in the regular season. Princeton has beaten them, you know, on the road in the regular season. Princeton yeah. coming up to URI is going to be a really good game this year. Could be a separator game in terms of the last at-large team to get into the field. You know, yeah. something along those lines. Absolutely. Um, you know, so it, it is difficult to compete in, in that way in the Ivy League. But, you know, Brown certainly uh, on the right track in, in my mind. Um, you know, and I'll be really interested to see if they can find a star. This year, you know, somebody who could be like a top five player in the league, uh, you know, somebody like on the men's side, Aquino Lilly Jr., who you look at the next season into 24-25 and you say, that's our person. We're going to build the whole team around them. They give us a chance to win every night and they can elevate us approaching double digit wins in the league, something along those lines. I just told you who my vote was for. You did. Yep. You did. Mm-hmm. You did. And, and my vote might end up being the same. Uh, in that way, we we will see. Um, Brown opens up with Florida Gulf Coast on November 6th at home. Old friend Dolly Karens, who we mentioned in the URI portion, will be playing for Florida Gulf Coast in that one. Um, they're at Holy Cross at Georgetown, and then they host Providence on November 15th. Uh, and we will get to the Friars next. Uh, Providence, one of two two teams in the state. With a new women's coach, Aaron Bath takes over the Friars. Uh, oh, for, honey. For Jim Gall. Oh, honey. <laughs> takes over the Friars from Jim Crowley. Um, Aaron Bath is not short on personality. I, I think that's... Uh, no that's, way. That's the understatement of the year. Um, you know, talk about somebody who who has put a quick stamp on her program and what she'd like to do. Um, you know, Aaron Bath is, is a... She's a whirlwind. Really, um, you know, and and she she definitely gives you the Tammy Reese vibe um, in that way. You know, just personality plus, um, you know, from from what we heard at Big East Media Day, an, an immediate ability to connect with the players, um, you know, an immediate ability to to convince them that this will be different, that they will be better. Um, you know, you look at Providence and you, know, you consider recent years in the Big East. You know, they they've made a WNIT. Not so long ago, but but otherwise not like the power years when Doris Burke and Mary Burke were there in the late 80s and, and the early 90s. They're picked ninth in this league. That's probably a you know just a place to start. Uh, as Aaron Bat said at Media Day, we're picked ninth. We don't plan on staying there for very long. Um, the teams at the top of this league, quite really difficult, obviously starting off with UConn. 
Uh, you had five NCAA tournament teams last year. So this is a quality league. It is difficult to move up, but you get the sense that, you know, this is a very driven person leading this program right now. Someone who has no intentions of playing in the bottom half of this league. And you can see why Providence is excited for her. Yeah. And, and it's one of those, you know, I, we were talking about with the men's podcast, like, Aaron has earned this opportunity with all her experience, just like we were talking about with Phil at Bryant. Like she's, she's, she's gotten the, you know, she's taken the right path, the right journey. Um, She obviously has the endorsement of, you know, some high level coaches in the game. Um, And then you can just see it with her, her personality. She has the opportunity here to, you know, try to establish something. And I just, I, I really like, I, I joke with the ah, uh, honey, uh, but like she, she's sort of established, I think so far that, that family mentality and you're, you're feeling al- already from the, the returning players that they really, they, they really have a connection with her and the new staff, yeah. um, you know, and I think the brand of basketball they want to play seems like they want to play faster. Um, you know, and, and they want to, you know, push the tempo a little bit and, and that's a good thing. And, you know, I like, like Kim on the men's side, I I like that, you know, Aaron has retained a lot of players into this program that were already there. I think when we were talking about the PC women last year, um, you know, under Jim Crowley, we were saying, you know, at the time, I think it was the sophomore class, you know, now they're becoming upperclassmen juniors, you know, that we said, okay. You know, these are the players that I think will help Providence, you know, in the future, take a step forward, compete in the Big East. And, you know, we saw Kylie Shepard, Grace Afosa uh, at, at Media Day at Madison Square Garden. But, you know, we haven't even mentioned, you know, Naraya Scott, Olivia Olson, you know, players that were big contributors, you know, last year. And, you know, and then Aaron brings in, you know, some new faces, you know, particularly, I think, of local interest, we're going to be watching and seeing what Sarah Bandoma can do. The yeah. Johnston native, who was a pretty darn good high school player um, and pretty good darn good player at St. Francis Brooklyn, um, you know, can can establish herself, you know, as a as a you know steady presence in the paint. You know, she led that team in in rebounds, in block shots, and in field goal percentage too. So that to me is is no small thing because. You know, that's somebody that if you if you throw it down low, you know, she can try to get your points as well. So um interested to see how she can contribute to the program this year. But um yeah, you just want to see progress, you know, establishing a brand uh, of what Aaron Baths, you know, Providence College women will be able to do what they are in this league uh, and then go from there. Because it is it is a brutal, brutal league when when Paige Becker's is in your league and is this preseason player of the year. I, it's just, it's, it's really hard. You know, that's a, that might be the best player in the country. You know, she rivals Caitlin Clark. She rivals some of those players. She's up there in that conversation. So that's, that's the league you're playing in. It is difficult. Yeah, really tough. I mean, you, you think about last year, Paige Beckers misses the season with an injury and, the best player in the league winds up a 3000 point scorer at Villanova, Maddie Segrist. And you're just like, how, how many points do you have? How yeah. many, you know, yeah. you, you look at it like it's a misprint. You think, my God, you know, how, how good are the players in this league? Um, you mentioned Providence in, in that class that we've talked about before on the pod. Aaron is able to retain them. You know, Kylie Shepard had no shortage of options. Grace yep. Foza could have gone to a lot of places. Olivia Olson was on campus at a couple ACC schools. 
after she put herself in the portal. Uh, I mean, she could have bailed out and, and left and they all ended up staying. Um, you know, can they get more out of that group this year? You would have to think that they could. Uh, last year, they're 13 and 19. They're four and 16 in the Big East. And the second half of the conference schedule, the bottom just fell out. You know, they, they were right around 500 in the league and all of a sudden went on this losing streak and just could not get out of it. Um, you know, and, and by the end of the year, they looked defeated. You know, they looked like a team that, that was beaten down a little bit, that had lost its confidence in a certain way. Um, you know, the schedule is just unforgiving. You know, there's no real easy game on a given night. Everyone's looking at you and you're the easy game. And, and that's just so hard when you're in that spot in, in a league that good. Um, you know, and they they just struggle in that way. But you look at their rotation and it's going to be similar to what they had last year. It, it's just whether or not this is going to be refreshed in a certain way. You know, whether or not a, a change in style or a change in attitude will get more out of the group. Generally, I think when when you have a coaching change, you know, in the Premier League and soccer, they talk about the new manager bounce. You know, generally just the the next five or six matches after a manager is sacked and, and a new manager is hired, you, you generally see a response from the players. And, yeah. you know, I, I think it'd be really interesting to, to just – observe Providence on game night just you know what the mood's like on the bench you know what what sort of energy they have collectively um you know because I think that goes a long way uh you know especially in in college sports I I mean you've got a decent group of talent here I'm not saying that you know they're going to challenge for a top five in the league this year or or, you know they're going to try to knock off UConn or, or anything crazy like that but you know at the very least you should be more representative as a Big East team this season, uh, you know, like you, I'm I'm very interested to see what Sarah Bandoma can do, uh, you know, stepping up in class from St. Francis, Brooklyn. Uh, I mean, somebody who who played it at Johnston of all places, you know, she's little, good, little little Johnston in she's Rhode good at Johnston, yeah. And you know, you you always wonder, like, all right, what's the ceiling for a player like that? Like, like where can she end up? Because she's obviously talented. Um, she ends up in the Big East. Uh, I mean, what a great story! You know, yep. really. Um, you know, and so you, you just, you're really interested to see just how much more is there. And I think out of this group, you know, you look at the roster, if Foza's listed as a senior, Bryn Farrell is listed as a senior, that's it. This could be a two-year process here, you know, where you're just putting in a foundation now and next year you really might see this take off and, and fly somewhere once they have a chance to fully recruit a season, fully dive into the transfer portal with, you know, maybe a couple scholarships, um, you know, maybe a couple players move on. They decide, you know, this is going to be hard. This team's going to be much more competitive than, than what I signed up for. They're going to try to get players at a higher level. I might want to bail out and go to, you know, wherever, um, you know, but I, I think it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how Aaron continues to put her stamp on this program going forward. Me too. But if we know anything about Aaron so far, we know that at the very least, they're going to bring a full energy and effort every night. You want to talk about, you know, coaches reflecting or programs reflecting the personality of their coach. Uh, I I expect to see that from from Providence. Energy, effort level, I think it's going to be on high this season. Yeah, I think back to, you know, like Dan Hurley's first team at Rhode Island. They they weren't any good. They didn't have much talent at all. Um you know, but they were a pain to play. Like they played Butler on the road. I think it was still Brad Stevens Butler in the top <laughs> in the top ten. Wow. 
and that was a single digit loss at Hinkle Fieldhouse. And Come it, on, Brad. Really? Yeah, Brad had a tough Come night. On. But I mean that that URI team that, that had no one, you mm-hmm. nothing. Xavier Munford and and a bunch of other guys who tried hard, but you know, were were not, you know, they were not up to the level. Yeah. Um, you know, and you think like just that change in in attitude, that that sort of you know, quarter turn on the axis, you know, what it might be able to do for, for a roster. And, you know, you're really interested to see if, if the Aaron Bath effect is real uh, at Providence, how soon it translates, um, you know, Bryant as well with, with a new head coach, but a familiar face at Bryant. Uh, Lynn Ann Kukowski is back at her alma mater. She takes over for her former coach, Mary Burke, um, you know, the Bulldogs with some work to do in the America East. They are picked seventh. Uh, Vermont pick first, Maine second, Albany third. How is Maine not pick first? I don't know. Uh, what? Look, looking at the preseason all conference teams, Vermont's players were were pretty present there, and so yeah. They, so they, so was so was Maine. Maine bring back the brings back the player of the year. I I don't know. I didn't what? have a vote. I didn't have a vote. I can I can. That's, I, not to make a stink about the poll, but I looked at it last night. I'm well, like, really. No, I, and I, Simon and Adriana Smith are back, and they, they're not the preseason. Fan. I don't know. I don't know. I I can deflect. I didn't have anything to do with this. <laughs> I didn't either. I'm like, uh, but you know, but you know, I, I I you know, maybe there's a slight bias there with uh, with bit. covering Maine in the Maine bit. in the past, but yeah. um, quite, yeah. Quite, quite. Goodbye now. Me making a stink about the American East women's basketball poll. Yeah, quite. look at me. Coit and his main tendencies. We we know we know. <laughs> While those pop up here on the pot, I know. Um, you know, but Bryant with a chance to to start over under an alum, and and you, you know, you spend five minutes around Lynn Ann, and you get the sense of how important this is to her. Yes, you know, continue Mary Burke's legacy. Uh, you know, I think I think one of the things she said at media day was, "I want everyone to have the same experience that I had because it was a really good one." Love it. Um, you know, she played on some really good Division II teams at that time. They were an NCAA tournament type team in Division II at that point. Uh, they were playing in the in the Northeast Ten, which was a very competitive conference. Uh, Southern Connecticut State won a national championship out of that league, sort of in that era. Um, so you get an idea of of how good those teams were. You know, Bentley I think was a Final Four team one of those years. Um, you know, so you're you're, you're looking and uh, you know you're you're thinking. She knows what it's like. Like she said, you know, I didn't need the campus tour during the interview. Like I, I <laughs> right. if, if anything, I looked around and said, wow, that's new. And that's new. And that's new. Yeah. You know, goodness. This, this campus, this program, um, this school is going places. It's going upwards. And and I want to be part of that with the women's basketball program. And and so I guess you, you look at Lynn Ann and, and you just think like, the care that she's going to take of of this group and and of this program i i, I think there there's something special about that isn't there yeah there is um you know i i and i think connecting with an alumni base i think always helps too getting support there um you get a head start when it comes to that um you know and i think the opportunity to build off of I mean, Mary Burke was, you know, uh, she, she was at the at the helm of that program for, you know, decades. Yeah, like, thirty she, plus years. I mean, right. I, I mean that that is that's special. 
I mean, that to to do that and lead it through all the different eras and with all these different players. And, you know, I think that's the cool thing here is Lin Ann is just trying to build off of, you know, uh, what's been established as a legacy here into a new era. You know, this is a new conference again, just the second year that Bryant's going to be playing in America East. Um, so there's a, there's a care there. There's a sense of, um, I know what I, you know, Bryant women's basketball can be, has been what it looks like when it's successful. Um, it, and you're right. It just, it means more. Um, you know, I think of, you know, my, my own, uh, Emerson baseball program and much smaller scale division three, sure. you know, in the new Mac, but, um, the head coach of the program is, you know, a, a good friend of mine and my old teammate, Nick Vanaki. And so anytime they do something that's, that's great. Um, they, there's an email from Nick to all the alumni, to all of our buddies. It says like, Hey, we did this, we did that. We won this game. You know, we set this record. We have this kid going here. There's just a, there's a base and there's a pride in it. And that's, right. that's sort of the way I relate it to my own you know, sense of what, you know, pride Lynn Ann can take in, you know, leading this program. Um, and in terms of the current team, um, you know, yeah, you know, America East has some good, well-established programs, as we mentioned while I was scoffing at the preseason poll. And, you know, I, I think when you have a a player, you know, like Mariona Planus Fortuny uh, to, to, to help you in your first year, um, you know, establish where you want the program to go, it's a great place to start. It is. Um, you know, I think Mariona is a, a player that, you know, America East and their preseason teams only picks six players. I'm sure that she flirted with, you know, preseason honors. Um, there's some good players there that were picked, um, but I'm sure she flirted with it. She was all America East second team last year, all defensive team. And she was what third leading scorer in the conference. No second leading scorer in the conference last year. I mean, that is, you know, all around, that's a great player to help you establish where you want to go uh, in terms of continuing to build this program into the future. So, you know, I think Lynn Ann has a good base to start there, you know, with with a player like that. Yeah, six seniors, she's one of those. Uh, yep. Five players from Spain, she's one of those. Uh, you know, so you've got some commonality here in certain places on the roster. Um, you know, you, you, you think about Lynn Ann's background, she's a point guard. In her playing career, so someone who sees the game is cerebral in that way. You you look at the the coaches who are serial winners. A lot of them play that position. I don't think that's by accident. You you look at baseball managers, the modern baseball manager. It's usually a catcher because they understand. Yeah, baby, that's you right, got Clay. It. That's right, Clay. That's right, buddy. I'm pandering <laughs> to you here, hundred percent. You look at the modern baseball manager, it's usually a catcher because they understand the demands of being a position player, and they also understand those weirdos down in the bullpen. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, so you, got, you said it. I didn't. I said it. That's right. I said it so you didn't have to. Yep. Um, you know, but Lynn Ann being a point guard, you know, someone who sees the game uh, at a different level in a different way. Uh, Lynn Ann also coming off a championship staff at UMass. Yep. You know, she was one of the assistants under Tori Verdi, who ended up going to Pittsburgh. Um, I'm sure he would have liked to take her with him, uh, but she was already involved in in discussions for this job and, you know, wanted to see it play out and, and ultimately was the hire. Um, 
so she has an idea of the sacrifice that it takes, the the level of execution that it takes to be a good team. Um, and you would think, you know, just looking at the roster, you, you take talent away because obviously you, know, you have no players selected to to the America East team. Um, you pick seven. So you, you have an idea what perception is out there of coaches and, and you know, where you were last year. It's, it's a long climb back to the top. But she has an idea of how championship teams need to play. And, and I think that she will be able to instill that into any group, whether or not they're good enough to do it. That remains to be seen. But I think when you have a coach who has that sort of experience, who, who has been to those places, who has been in the NCAA tournament and, and that, you know, sort of that residue, the way you carry yourself, it, it's very clear when you're around people like that. And, you know, I think Bryant's returning players will pick up on that pretty quick. I think so, too. Yeah, I, I think. Um, yeah, I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned the success at UMass that Lynn just saw and was a part of and was around, um, you know, cause that was, that was going to be my next point was, okay, you know, recent success where it is modern, you know, how you can build a program, all of that. Um, you know, I think that's no small thing, you know, as Lynn Ann comes in and takes over her, uh, you know, I guess you could call it the, the hometown program, if you will. Yeah. So Bryant, um, you know, Bryant will open up at home, um, doubleheader with the men, actually, if, if anybody, uh, you know, wants to head out to the chase on Monday night. Uh, the Bryant women tip with Dartmouth. That starts at five. Uh, Dartmouth with with an old friend and Linda Semino coming in. Um, Rhode Island native who who moves over from St. Francis, Brooklyn. Um, you know, we wish Linda the best as well, certainly. Um, you know, we hope both teams can win that night. <laughs> we'll have a tie. Right. Um, you know, Bryant schedule ramps up quick. You're at Seton Hall right after that. Um you know, you got you got a couple really tough games. Obviously, you're you're playing on the road in most of these. Um, you know, you're playing a, an invitational event at Florida International. They put you up against the host team, which lets you know what they think about you. They think you're there to lose the first game. Um, they're at Boston College a little later in the non-conference. Uh, they start league play at Albany, a team that has been an America East contender in recent seasons. Um you know, so Bryant, uh, just getting started here under Lynn Ann, and uh, you know, be interesting to see what she can do at her alma mater. Um, quite any other general impressions on the women in the state? Well, you know what, I'm going to give one more shout out in a team that deserves to be talked about if we're talking about women's college basketball programs in this state. Um, you know, I saw it in my email yesterday. Um, Me too. That that Rhode Island College. In Division Three was ranked number seven uh, in the Women's Basketball College Association preseason poll. Uh, a team that got to the Division Three Women's Basketball Final Four last year for the first time, twenty-eight and four overall under head coach Jenna Cosgrove. Uh, Izzy Booth, who is a Rhode Island native uh, from Newport, she's preseason All-American for D3Hoops.com. Um, this is a team that you want to talk about really exciting women's basketball programs in the state. They they went on a heck of a run last year, a final four team. So um, yeah, they, they deserve uh, to be talked about here too. If we're talking about great programs in Rhode Island. Yeah. Izzy Booth, Madison Medbury, also a great point guard yeah. from Situate, um, you know, tigerish type defender, uh, you know, sees the floor really well. She returns among that group. Um, Jenna Cosgrove can coach. 
Yeah, she can. Yeah, you know, she she can coach. She can develop a program. I I you know honestly, I'm surprised that she's back there this year. Me too. Um, if I was a really smart Division One athletic director, I would be giving her a call and saying, Jenna, how did you do that? And would you do it for me, please? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but their loss is Rick's gain. Um, you know, and hopefully they they can manage something similar or better than that this season. Um, you're right, though. Good good point. Uh, definitely a program to watch. They start off on the 10th against Tufts at home. Uh, that's a 6 p.m. tip at the Murray Center. Um, you know, and then after that, they they play pretty locally. They'll play in Williamstown, Mass. They'll play uh, an invitational tournament there. They've got Bridgewater State at home. They're at Babson. They're at Trinity. Uh, they start LEC play, Little East Conference, just into December against Castleton. Um, so realistically, if, if you wanted to watch the Rick women, all you need is some car keys and a license. They, they don't travel too far. Um, Murray center is a great take. They play a lot of high school playoff games there. Um, you know, nice, tight, intimate venue. You get seats close to the court. Um, and you can get a look at some high level action there for, for sure. Um, so good job by you, Coit, bringing them up. Uh, certainly they deserve to, it. No, they, they do certainly want to take a look at the Rick women, um, and whether or not they, they can approach, uh, another final four that, that was truly something special that they did last year. Um, we will be back for part three of the pod, uh, predictions, bold or otherwise. Coit and I will, <laughs> will walk the plank on these and, uh, you can come back in March and, and throw them in our faces if, if that's what you're inclined to do. Or you could say, Hey, great job. You were exactly right. I seem to hear that a little less than hey, <laughs> you yeah. idiot. What were you doing? Um, we will be back shortly with part three. Thank you.